As Fred van der Feyfer's trial date approached, prosecutors were in a race against time to solidify the evidence against him in order to present a convincing case. Fred's family was also in a race against time to clear his name, using all the resources at their disposal, both in South Africa and abroad. Accused of murdering his 22-year-old girlfriend Inga Lotz, Fred faced a lifetime behind bars if found guilty. In this episode of The Ingalot's Story, A Miscarriage of Justice, producer Matthew Brown and myself, Catherine Rice, bring you the bizarre twists that mark this case. In June 2006, police officer Bruce Bartholomew had visited internationally renowned FBI agent and shoe print expert Bill Bodziak in Florida. The consultation for Bartholomew did not go as he had hoped, Bodziak disagreed with his theory that a blood mark on Inga's bathroom floor had been left by Fred's shoe. Even worse, Bodziak didn't believe the mark had come from a shoe at all. Months after Bruce Bartholomew visited me, I received uh, contact from Corinne Tennyson, one of the advocates for the prosecution. And she asked if I would be willing to have a conference call with her and some of her colleagues regarding my conclusions. And of course, I said, of course. And we had that conference call, during which time she learned that I was not at all in agreement with the opinion of Bruce Bartholomew. And she acted completely surprised and shocked, as if this was the first time she had heard of this. As it turns out, um, Superintendent Bruce Bartholomew had a somewhat different account of what happened in Florida. He said that Bodziak agreed with him that the bloody mark did match the sole of Fred's shoe. And in fact, that he, as Superintendent Bartholomew, was best qualified in South Africa to testify in the upcoming trial. Author Anthony Altbecker, who sat in on every day of the trial, says it was a startling moment of dishonesty. And despite the prosecution being told firsthand that the two experts disagreed, they decided to go ahead with the opinion of Bruce Bartholomew. Fred's defense advocate, Dupe de Brain, sent Bodziak a report written by Bartholomew. The apparent dishonesty was there in black and white. I was now the one that was completely shocked when I heard this information from Dupe de Brain. I believe I stayed up to almost midnight that night uh, quickly responding to it because it was so upsetting to see that someone had retained my services, had visited me in the United States in goodwill, I thought, to consult with me, and although we disagreed, returned and misrepresented completely what I had said. Nothing like this has ever happened to me before. So now I was not only faced with uh, you know, the difference in result, but I was, I was faced with my reputation, how he would be using my name, and everything else. It was time for him to defend his reputation. Bodziak was a man who had testified against murder-accused O.J. Simpson in his civil trial, written textbooks on shoe print evidence, and trained hundreds of FBI agents. I had not envisioned going to South Africa uh, because it was simply a consultation with Bruce Bartholomew. But after I was contacted by Duke DeRune and knew of the misrepresentation that Bruce Bartholomew provided 
as to my opinion, I knew I had to go to South Africa. In the meantime, the police had appointed a new head of the investigation, Police Director Ati Trollope. Trollope had been in the security branch during the apartheid era. Defence lawyer Terry Price was frustrated by the new turn of events and knew it didn't bode well for Fred's case. Trollope was a security policeman for many years, but the way that he carried on here, to me, is down the line security police methods or modus operandi. One of those methods was intimidation. Devet van der Spey, who had seen Fred at Old Mutual, was challenged by Artie Trollope and his honesty questioned. He testified that he was threatened that if he didn't change his statement, he could be charged as well. Well, that's typical of Artie Trollope, of course. And it was not only Mr. Devet van der Spey uh, who was threatened. As far as Devet van der Spey is concerned, I have tremendous respect for him because he got into the witness box having been threatened. Uh, not only threatened uh, physically, but threatened that he would be locked up for committing an offence. That offence being that he is supposedly giving Fred an alibi uh, falsely. The fact that Devet van der Spey got into the witness box, testified extremely well, withstood cross-examination extremely well, and his evidence was accepted, is indicative of the guts that he showed in testifying. Uh, and he stood up and testified despite Ati Trollope's threats against him. Fred's superior, Mkuzeli Mbombu, had a similar experience. The, the, the guys, I must say, that they were, they, they, they were quite aggressive um, uh, in their line of questioning, not physical. They were very aggressive because you could see that they really wanted... Uh, th there was a sense initially that uh, people are covering up. So it was more like saying, uh, did you really know what you're talking uh, about or are you kind of actually bought? Are you guys bought or something? And, 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 I, and I actually took offence to that. But let's backtrack. Even before all of this, there was no blood found on Fred's hammer, the supposed murder weapon. Nevertheless, in the supporting documents for Fred's arrest warrant, written by Ati Trollope, it was stated that there was blood found on the hammer a damning detail that was leaked to the press. Klatso says it was untrue, but damaging nonetheless. It's an ordinary commercial little toy that you find on your desk. It's got nooks and crannies on it, where in such a vicious attack there would have been a fair amount of blood. The blood would have been on that hammer, and there was never any demonstration of any blood. Now, it's quite difficult to wash blood off an item like a hammer without leaving some trace because the presumptive tests for blood are very sensitive and they'll pick up the presence of haemoglobin in very, very, very small quantities. None was ever able to be demonstrated and it's unlikely in the extreme that Fred could have washed the hammer to such an extent to have got rid of any traces of blood that would not have been visible forensically. Six weeks after the murder, before he was arrested, Fred was asked to meet the lead investigator, Dion de Villiers, at the Serious and Violent Crimes Office. But on his way there, was redirected to a petrol station outside the Cape Town International Airport. After waiting some time, police cancelled, saying they were too busy to meet him after all. 
being given the runaround irked Fred, but he thought nothing more of it. What they didn't tell him was that they had visited his flat and were let in by his flatmate Marius. They didn't have a search warrant, but had ensured that Fred wasn't home. It sounds like a small detail, but we'll come back to this later, as it would prove a crucial point in the timeline of the bloody mark found on Inga's bathroom floor and the police matching it to Fred's shoe. Let's fast forward to the pre-trial preparations. It's now 2007, and Fred's defense is battling to get access to the state's evidence. They complain to the judge, who instructs the state to hand over everything they have before the end of the week. A police officer delivered a hard drive to Fred at his office in Pinelands. Fred left the hard drive in his car in his security complex overnight. It could have been a devastating mistake, because just hours later, his car was broken into and the hard drive stolen. Luckily for Fred, he'd made a backup. Altbecker says when Fred and his defense team looked at the files on the hard drive, they were horrified, but it also answered many nagging questions. They started to believe this hard drive was sent in error. When they looked through the files on that hard drive, they found some things that left them speechless. They must have been gobsmacked. One of the things that was on that hard drive was a video of Captain Franz Moritz, one of the police forensic investigators, testing the hammer that had been found in Fred's car and which was suspected of being the murder weapon. The video showed Franz Moritz supervising another officer testing the alleged murder weapon on a decapitated pig's head. Defence lawyer Terry Price watched the video in disbelief. And on his first or second blow, with uh, Fred's hammer on the bottle opener side, it bent. He then cursed, and that hammer was, no, was not used any longer or any time further. The hammer that was presented to court as an exhibit, the same hammer, was in 100% shape. So someone had bent that hammer uh, right to look as if nothing had happened to it. That is dishonest in the extreme. Because he testified that all the tests on the sheep and the pig head had been done with Fred's hammer, which was a tiny hammer. Forensic specialist David Klatso says Moritz's scientific methods were also questionable. Franz Moritz gave evidence that he had tested the hammer on a variety of deceased animal heads and he then compared the size of the wounds produced by the hammer with the size of the wounds produced on Inga's skull. There is absolutely no evidence whatsoever that a pig skin model is going to be in any way commensurate with a human model. Number one, the structure of the bones is quite different you need to know a little more about it than just getting a pig head and smacking it with a hammer. And it was only after being caught short with the video and realizing that there was no place to hide that he reluctantly conceded that they stopped using that hammer and they went and got a, a bigger, better, stronger hammer. Now, in my view, that is perjury. 
uh, it's an attempt to mislead the court. We're dealing with somebody who had no concept at all of science and should not have been let loose in a forensic science world. The hard drive delivered to Fred by the police also provided a shocking revelation about the blood mark supposedly caused by Fred's shoe on Inga's bathroom floor. During the investigation, the shape of that blood mark changed. A protrusion or appendage on the side of the blood mark appeared, looking similar in shape to a groove in Fred's shoe. But it hadn't been there when photos had initially been taken of the crime scene. When Captain Bruce Bartholomew first contacted shoe print expert Bill Bodziak, he explained that the appendage had been revealed after he had applied a chemical to enhance contrast. Bartholomew said this newly revealed appendage had been crucial to the matching of Fred's shoe. But on the hard drive, the defence now had a photograph taken before Bartholomew's application of the chemicals. And in that photograph, you can see the appendage. So how did that appendage get there, considering it could not be seen in the original crime scene photographs taken just hours after Enger's murder? Enter Captain Cookamore, who said it was actually he who had created that appendage by mistake. And the prosecutor led evidence from Captain Cookamore to say that he had decided to take a dipstick to check whether this was blood or not. And he drew a dipstick across the mark, violating every forensic principle that I can think of that you should have been taught in Forensic 1. That's a blatant lie. It turned out that another photograph taken by private investigator Neil van Heerden on the 1st of April, almost a month before Captain Cookamore travelled down from Pretoria, showed that appendage. So it couldn't have been made by Cookamore when he tested the blood mark. And it couldn't have been made by Bartholomew when he said he had applied chemicals to it. Uh, we became aware that that mark was there full most of the month before uh, Cookamore said he'd made the mark. Did somebody deliberately make that mark in order to make the mark fit the pattern better? That, that's a question which hasn't been answered. Bodziak believes it was a case of manipulating the evidence to fit the police's theory. Well, it, the appendage miraculously appeared, so the appendage in itself, in its origin, is of great interest. And the fact that they apparently lied in court about when this occurred was also of great interest. However, the appendage is positive in the mark, and it's negative. It's actually a groove. There's nothing there that should leave its impression in the high-tech shoe. So it's the opposite of what you would have gotten had it been a legitimate shoe print characteristic. It has three 90-degree sharp edges, so it appeared to be man-made and drawn rather than just innocently swiped. With regard to the footwear impression, uh, there certainly was nothing in that blood mark that could lead anyone that was uh, a legitimate examiner and uh, an honest person to conclude that Fred's right shoe made that. There was absolutely nothing. When you look at all of that, then you have to ask yourself, why? 
other members of the South African police force were not in agreement with the opinion of Bartholomew. So there are other members employed by that agency that knew of this discrepancy. The while this continued to go forward, why when the prosecutor was told about these discrepancies, it continued to go forward. That's something I'll never be able to answer. You have to wonder, has this ever occurred again? And certainly hasn't in the cases that I've worked. I, I've never heard of anything like this. We asked the National Prosecuting Authority why Bruce Bartholomew was not prosecuted for his actions and whether they think it's possible that there are innocent people in South African prisons today. The NPA did not respond to those questions. Our attempts to give the police service right of reply were ignored. Remember we told you about the meeting Fred was supposed to have with police, how he was subsequently stood up and how police were in fact visiting his apartment without a search warrant. That could have been the moment police investigators spotted his high-tech squash shoes and saw an opportunity to firm up their evidence against him. After all, they thought Fred was guilty because they had his fingerprint on Inga's rented DVD cover. The way the police went about it, in Klatso's view, would have been comical if a man's life hadn't been on the line. The state theory about the bloody mark on the floor was that it was produced by Fred's shoe, his running shoe, and none other. They came with a, with a completely cockeyed story about how Fred had to get to the bathroom without putting that foot down, so presumably he would have had to hop there. How he got the blood on the shoe in the first place defies any explanation because there was no evidence of Fred having stood in anything. Um, how Fred got the blood off the shoe uh, to defy any subsequent forensic attempts to identify the blood is another mystery. It just is such a, such a complete heap of rubbish. So the entire exercise of Bartholomew going overseas was a waste of taxpayers' money. And secondly, uh, his comments about his visit were a pack of lies. They were so dishonest as to beg the question, why did the judge, Dion Fonsell, not recommend that he be prosecuted for perjury? Altbecker says the hard drive delivered to Fred then gave his defence team gold. There was another bizarre video on that hard drive. This was of a young man confessing to involvement in Inga's murder. He takes the police officers to the scene of the crime and talks about how his friends had broken into the flat and how the murder had been committed. We stand after Sirat's woonstelle and Dalgevonden landgoed. Next on the Ingelot story, A Miscarriage of Justice, we investigate who this man was and why his confession was seemingly ignored. This episode was produced by Matthew Brown and Catherine Rice for News24. Audio recording by Matt Gare, Craig Reinefeldt, and Luke Peters. Music courtesy of Getty Images and Epidemic Sound. 
Multimedia Editors, Charlene Roert and Nokutula Manyati. News 24 Editor and Chief, Adrian Besson. For other News 24 podcasts, visit our multimedia page where you can find Exodus, White Collar Heist and Missing Matthew. For more exclusive content, subscribe to news24.com.